An Eichel backhander on goal save. Rebound, they score! Barbashev in front. 7-1 Golden Knights. The party is on in Las Vegas. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. What has happened here has been simply incredible. Not only is Vegas a hockey town, it's a championship town. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your home for access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here is Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215 home of the We've got some legit Vegas Golden Knights news to get to here right off the top of the show. We'll touch on a really interesting, somewhat intriguing and odd story coming out of Columbus uh, pertaining to Mike Babcock. Uh, Again, just one of those situations where the more information that comes out, the more your opinion, I think, changes based on what it was earlier on in the day. That centers around Mike Babcock, the Columbus Blue Jackets, and Paul Bissonnette. We'll also touch on some new captains in the National Hockey League and a former Golden Knight that, I'll be honest, I was surprised hadn't been signed yet. Now all of a sudden is going to suit up for a rival. We're going to get to that in one-timers in hour number two of the VGK Insider Show. We'll also play the game, Who's Closer to a Championship? And there's one degree of separation between these two hockey clubs. I'm going to get Chris Chapman's thoughts on that in hour number two. But as I mentioned, right off the bat, we've got some Golden Knights news to dig into. And let me tell you right now, this one brings a smile to my face. This one makes me incredibly happy. Nick Holden retired from the National Hockey League earlier today and has accepted a role with the Vegas Golden Knights in player development. He's going to be working specifically with defensemen, not just in terms of prospects, but also Henderson Silver Knights defensemen. Um, we know Nick Holden on, on, a, on a deeper level. And here's the thing that I would say about Nick Holden. Anytime you were around him, you just felt good. It, it was very much like reminiscent to Brad Hunt, right? Like he was a he was a player in the National Hockey League that never took a day for granted that he got to put a sweater on and play for an NHL franchise. I think from from a fan base perspective, this city fell in love with Nick Holden. We were sad to see Nick Holden go when he did get traded to Ottawa. And the fact that you're able to bring a player back into a role where you're looking at helping and aiding younger players through that difficult uh, that difficult stretch of trying to find their place as professionals, um, I don't know that there's a better guy in the world that can do that than Nick. Well, I think the the, the situation here, Ryan, is is for for Nick. I think it really says a lot about the front office. Mm-hmm. Because this is a guy that they know. But aside from that, aside from being a guy that they know, it's a guy who was traded away. Mm -hmm. And his first stop after he retires is to come back to a team that traded you away. So it tells me that the relationship with Nick Holden and the Golden Knights was always very good, even after he was a member of the Ottawa Senators. I think 
it speaks about the front office in that they are very comfortable with the way Nick Holden was with some of their younger players, Mm -hmm. Zach Whitecloud, Nick Haig, when they were coming up. I think Nick is going to be a guy who's who's really good at this because I, I feel like he's a guy who is very personable. He's a very fun guy to be around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like his communication skills as a player are, are really good because mm-hmm. Nick Holden was a guy who carved out a, a very defined role in the NHL. You don't last 15 years in the league by being just a guy. There's obviously something more to what Nick Holden brings to an organization than just what he had on the ice, because for, for them to bring him back, I mean, I, I think it says a, a whole lot about the guy as, as, a, as a human being. Yeah, it, it, it says a lot about Nick Holden, the, the person. And again, if he's, you know, 50% the, the coach or the development expert that he is the person, he's going to be just tremendous at the job. And I think you touched on something that is incredibly important for young kids that are trying to break in, right? Like, at every stage of your development as a hockey player, once you get to the point where you're talking about making the National Hockey League, you're talking about getting drafted, you're talking about the AHL, all of that, you have been in the 1.111% of every single player that you've ever known. You have been the best player on every team at every, ste- at every step of your development until you get to this stage, until you get to this point where sometimes you've got to change the role. Sometimes you've got to roll with the punches in a little bit different aspects. Sometimes you just have to find a way to create a niche for yourself. And I think having a player like Nick Holden, who was able to do that for so long in the National Hockey League, and also a player that recognizes how important it is sometimes to just kind of throw all of the expectations away and have fun and enjoy the process and wake up realizing, oh man, I I know that it's a grind. I know that it's tough. I know that I want to take that next step, but I'm also playing hockey professionally. I am doing this for a living. I am turning this game that I love into my job, into my profession. And there are so many people that, you know, can become bitter if things don't go their way. I think having that breath of fresh air with Nick Holden and understanding what it's like to change your game, find your niche, and then work really hard at it while also never losing sight of how lucky you are to be in this position, I think that's important. Yeah, I mean, he he hit a home run in life because obviously he enjoyed the game of hockey very, very well. But I'm guessing when Nick Holden was drafted, he probably had higher, you know, high aspirations, right? Like every player who gets drafted wants to win a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Every player who gets drafted wants to be an all-star. They want to end up in the Hall of Fame. Not everybody can be that. So sometimes you just have to accept what your role is. And, you know, I think Brad Hunt was, was, is a perfect, uh, another perfect analogy because mm-hmm. Brad Hunt is one of the nicest people I've ever met in, in the world of sports. And he was the happiest guy to just be in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Like, even when he was healthy scratched, he never took that smile off his face. And I'm sure he wanted to be playing. I'm, I'm, I, I mean, I can't imagine any player wants to not play. Ben Hutton, great example. Ben Hutton, though, always, always fun, always laughing, always, always fun to be around. We've seen this with with multiple players. What is it about this organization that you're able to find these guys, the Nick Holdens, the Brad Hunts, the 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 Ben Huttons, right? The 
Phil Kessel's a different case in in that you know how good Phil Kessel is. You know what he brings to the table. But like bringing in those players that inject that fun, that inject that 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 easygoing atmosphere. But also when they're here, they just perform. Yeah, like John Merrill's another guy. John Merrill, absolutely. And, and and I don't I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger in. I can't quantify why it happens more often than not with the Golden Knights. But it feels like when there are guys that come into this spot and they're given a chance, they thrive, they flourish, and 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 there's there's nothing outside of it's an organization that treats its players well. It's an organization that kind of takes all the guesswork out of what you've got to do to be a player. You show up and you take care of business. And that's the only expectation that's put on you. I mean, it could be as simple as that, but it's also you have to have the right room. And I think predominantly over the course of this franchise's history, they have had a room that has been incredibly inclusive of players and incredibly um, helpful in bringing guys into new situations so that they can thrive and they can flourish. Well, I think it starts with the top, right? Like you look at Bill Foley. Bill Foley obviously is an owner I think every player would want to play for. The sure. Way, the way he treats his players, like like I don't know how many owners are flying the team up to his private ranch, or mm-hmm. not his private ranch, but his, his ranch up in Montana for a weekend just to enjoy themselves. Like I don't know how many owners – not just in the NHL, but in sports in general, are, are, are doing that with, with their players. I mean, as a, if I was a player, I'm, I'm, I hear that, and I'm like, you know what? That's a first-class organization. Mm-hmm. But you touched on something. They have, since day one, have had a room full of high-caliber, high, uh, just, just great human beings. I mean, you character. look at high-character yeah. guys. And that was something that they emphasized. Like, like you don't need to look any further than the way that these players took the 1st of October to heart. Mm-hmm. Like guys like Jonathan Marcheseau, Marc-Andre Fleury, the way they, they, they rallied for this city. And in the entire existence of the organization, we're now going into year seven, there's only one, maybe two guys who I look at and be like, yeah, they, they, they were bad people. Mm-hmm. And the organization recognized that and got rid of them. So... Nick Holden did spend three years with the Vegas Golden Knights, nine goals, 22 assists, 31 points in 139 games. Um, had some big moments in the playoffs, scored some big goals against the Minnesota Wild when you weren't sure he was actually going to be in the lineup, and then he's in the lineup, scores some big goals. I, again, love the player, love the person, and I, I'm really happy that he's able to come back to Vegas in this role because I think it's good for Nick. Right. Like you, you have that next gig after you, you hang them up, like coming to coming to the understanding and, and, and recognizing that your career is done as a player. It can be bittersweet, I think, at times because you, you're not sure of what's coming up next. But because of his personality, because of the impact he had on this team, this city, the fan base, the organization, he's got that job already lined up. He's going to be a member of the Golden Knights. Uh, player development uh, team. And, you know, to me, all that means is that the fun committee is coming back. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and the great news, we we, we we could go on Raider Nation Radio. Mm-hmm. If something happens to Daniel Carlson and he's unable to perform his duties as the field goal kicker for the mm-hmm. Vegas Raiders, yep. 
We know Nick Holden can boo him in from 55 yards out. You think he'll just take that as a side job? I, you know what? If I'm a, if I'm Mark Davis, I'm on the phone with Bill Foley saying, hey, can you loan this guy out to us? So who do you think stands to benefit most from having Nick Holden in here, right? Because you, you start to look at a couple of young defensemen specifically. You're looking at Caden Korzak. You're looking at Daniil Miramanov to a degree. You're looking at Braden Pahal to a degree. Um, Lucas Cormier to a degree. Like, which of those young guys where you look at where the Golden Knights are right now in terms of their defensive depth. We talked about it at length yesterday. This is a team that's deep 1-10, to 10, and, and that's not including the likes of Caden Korzak. So, you know, ha- which players benefit most from having Nick Holden in the fold? Well, I feel like may- may- maybe Lucas Cormier, mm-hmm. you know, because he- he's a highly talented prospect, but he's a guy who really hasn't gotten a shot yet. Mm-hmm. Like, Korzak, we've seen a bit of. Bahal, we, we've seen a bit of. But I feel like Cormier is, is – is, I think he's the guy with the highest expectations mm-hmm. of, of the bunch, although I'm really high on Mir Manoff. I, I can't wait to see him back out there. But I feel like the guy who, who has the, the highest expectations in Cormier, I feel like he's going to benefit because Nick, is, Nick has been in the game. Like, he's been around a long time. Mm-hmm. And he can teach a young kid like that, a kid who really hasn't developed habits yet, I feel like a guy who's been around the league as long as Nick has is a good guy to learn good habits from. Because, like we mentioned, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll kick the can down the road again. You don't last 15 years in this league being mm-hmm. a guy. I'm going to say Caden Korzak. I think that's a good, good one and, as well. And I'm saying Korzak mainly because there hasn't been an opening for him. And I think with every passing year, he's – turning himself into a, a legit player that could be counted on at the NHL level. The problem is you've already got seven of those on the roster, eight of those on the roster. So, you know, to me, it's, it's more about teaching that lesson that sometimes it takes a little bit longer to get there. But once you get there, you can have a legitimate, fantastic career. The problem is that sometimes you're you're in a logjam, and right now that's what it is on the back end for the Golden Knights. There's a logjam for some of those younger players, and I think for, for me, for my money, if the Golden Knights were not as deep as they are right now on defense, Caden Korzak would be really knocking on the door to being a everyday full-time NHL defenseman. Well, I think for him it's 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 a game of patience. Absolutely. You know, because because you have to look at what's ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And the reality is who who are you taking a job from? Well, like that's there, that's, there aren't many. But but if you're him, you look at it from the patience perspective. Mm-hmm. All right. I've got Alec Martinez entering the last year of his deal. Sure. I've got Ben Hutton who's going into the last year of his deal. Mm-hmm. There's going to be an opening next season at sure. some point. And you're going to have the best part is for him, the competition that he's gonna face amongst guys that are in his group, Mirmanov, Cormier, it's only gonna elevate his game. Like mm-hmm. if, if I'm if I'm Kelly McCrimmon, I'm licking my chops because these guys all together they're 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 all gonna push each other to be better players mm-hmm. because they all want to be Paul Cotter. Sure. They all want to be Braden Pahal. They all want to be the guy who gets their name on the cup. And they all want to be the guy who who comes from Henderson and gets their name on the cup. Like Braden Pahal, he did it the hard way. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter if, if Braden Pahal never plays another game for the Golden Knights, it doesn't matter. 
because he's got his name on the cup, but the route he took to get to the NHL and get his name on the cup, a long road. Mm-hmm. Was a captain of the Silver Knights. He, 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 he worked his ass off to be given that opportunity. And when he was in there, he played really good. The problem is there's no spot for him. Again, that's the thing with the Golden Knights. They're so good. They're so deep. And if they stay healthy, you're not going to look at much variance in terms of what you get on the back end. You're just not. Like, I don't know that there's a better third pair than Nick Haig and Zach Whitecloud in the league. I really don't. No, but, I, I, and, I'm with you. And you start to look at, again, the impact that a Nick Holden had on a young Nick Haig a young Zach Whitecloud, and their ability to work themselves into the role that Nick provided for this hockey team, and it results in a Stanley Cup a couple of seasons later. Like, again, you see, you see the impact of the mentorship from Nick Holden, but you also see the impact of players recognizing that when it's their time, it's go time. Yeah. And they took advantage of that Nick opportunity. Nick was that guy. Nick was absolutely that guy in the playoffs. 100%. Like, he... He grew into his role, and I think in, in regards to him, like, absolutely, he had to be patient. And the team had to be patient with him, and it worked out really well. Like, huh. I, I, I want to see more, and I, I hope we get it, because I thought Nick Haig was maybe the most underrated performer for the Golden Knights in the playoffs. Hmm. Like, the role that he played, getting punched in the face and laughing about it on the way to the box, like, like to me— you're a big guy. You need that in the postseason. You but don't I want, necessarily need it in the regular season. I want to I I see how it happens in the regular season. Like, I want to see if that's a, an aspect of his game that is more prevalent in the regular season. Because a sarcastic, pissed-off Nick Haig is a problem for the rest of the league. Yeah. A no-nonsense, I'm-not-going-to-take-anything-from-you Nick Haig is a better Nick Haig. Well, he just is. We, we, we've—I mean— and he's the one guy that we have seen grow from prospect draft pick mm-hmm. into a legit NHL player. Yep. Like, he got bigger. He went from being a, just a tall, lanky kid. He's a man. Mm-hmm. And he's not a guy I would want to mess with. If, like, if I'm skating down the ice and he's angry and he's coming after me, mm-hmm. I'm going to think twice before I, before I, 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 I cross his path. Yeah. So the other bit of news is this is you know, something that's been reported now for the better part of a week, but the Golden Knights finally kind of uh, put out the official press release on it. Max Comtois has signed a PTO with the Vegas Golden Knights. Comtois will be at training camp for Vegas. You're talking about a 24-year-old forward, left winger, shoots left, um, super offensive, and... I guess the question for Comtois is outside of having a really good camp, what are the things you need to do in order to make this Golden Knights team? Well, I think he's going to have to play defense. Like, he's going to have to commit to it. And the the, the question I ask, because he's a guy I I always thought was a really good player, Mm -hmm. just on a bad team. Yes. But why did the Ducks give up on him? Like, that's what I want to know. Like, like what what was it? Because, let's be honest, they've had a lot of guys that they've drafted over the last, I mean, Comtal, what, 2017? I think he was the first draft year for the Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. Why? They, they, or, or, or they have a bunch of guys that they've drafted who just really haven't turned out to be what they've 
anticipated. I mean, it was it was it was it Dallas Aikens was just a bad coach. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can go about it. Did did Comtois and Dallas Aikens just not see eye to eye on what they were trying to do and what he needed to do in order to be successful? I mean, you're talking about a guy that had 33 points in 55 games. That was the uh, the the shortened season, right? That's that's a good productive season at 22. Just hasn't been able to recapture that. It just hasn't worked out that way that he's been able to kind of follow that up. Now, again, I think that you're talking about a, a kid that's incredibly, incredibly offensively talented. He's gifted. Now, yeah. Now you've got to be able to bring something else to the table, especially when you start to think about the Golden Knights. If you're thinking about Bruce Cassidy hockey, if you're thinking about the things that made Michael Amadio an everyday player, if you're starting to think about the things that make Will Carrier and, and, and Keegan Colasar an everyday player in the bottom six, if you start to think about how you've got to read off of and I would assume play alongside of William Carlson, there is going to be an expectation that you take care of every single zone. It's not just about what you can do in the offensive zone. It's not just about whether or not you put the puck in the back of the net or your stats are off the chart. You've got to get it done in every facet of the game. That's really what's going to be important for him. So maybe when you start to factor in that you're getting an opportunity with a team that knows playoff hockey, that has high expectations. And let's be honest, the Anaheim Ducks haven't had any expectations over the last four or five years outside of what will Trevor Zegras do and is it going to be on a highlight reel? That's really it. <laughs> yeah, that's, and, that's it. And, and you, you're still sitting there, if you're Anaheim, like you, you still don't have Trevor Zegras signed. You still don't have Jamie Drysdale signed. Like There's still reservations. As, as good as Zegras is in terms of being a human highlight reel, there are reservations as to how good of a player Trevor Zegers will be in the National Hockey League. Because just because you have the individual skill doesn't mean it's going to come together as a player. And I think that's what makes this camp so important for Comtois. If he wants an opportunity with a team that has expectations and a team that is going to hold you to account to play the right way, to turn yourself into an everyday NHL player, to turn that PTO into a legit contract... You're going to have to commit yourself in every facet of the game because if you're if you don't have it on the back end, if you don't have it in your own zone, if you don't have it in the neutral zone, or if you're you're not up to par that way, it's not going to work out. Well, and the reality is, coming in on a PTO, I, I I think there's not a lot of room for error. Like you have to come into camp ready to play. You've got to be committed. Mm -hmm. There there's no as the kids say, you know what, and find out. When, well, when you when you're coming in in that particular role, you have to outperform guys. Well, you've got to outperform a lot of guys. Mm -hmm. Like I think you have to outperform guys who already have a solidified spot on the roster. I think you've got to outperform the likes of Michael Amadio and Paul Cotter and Pavel Dorofiev. Yeah, and that's if, that's if not going to be easy. If you're Max Comtois, you're coming into a situation where you've got to be the best option alongside William Carlson on the third line. And that's going to take more than just offensive skill. That's just what it is. And, and I think he can do it. And I think the upside of him doing it is when you have a player that is that gifted offensively and does have a track record of being productive in the National Hockey League and has, you know, three, four seasons under his belt, like, you can start to think about power play. You can start to think about trying to replace some of the production that's going to be lost with Riley Smith out of the lineup. I think that there are specialty pockets you can use that player. But again, 
it has to be in totality. It has to be with the understanding that he can do the job or the role that you need him to do on the defensive side of the puck. Yeah, I think that's that's first and foremost. You've mm-hmm. got you've got to commit to 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 be in a defensive forward if you're going to make this team. And maybe maybe that was the 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 the, the, the holdup in, in Anaheim, I, I I don't know. Like I I, I still to, I still don't understand why he's kind of being the fall guy here for for an organizational failure. And I understand his contract was up; they didn't tender him an offer. But mm-hmm. you know the the point is he's a guy that they drafted really high. Yeah, and and here's the other thing I'll say on it. And we just kind of talked about it with Nick Holden, and we've we've mentioned it with you know various players in the past with the Vegas Golden Knights. You are are in the prime spot as a player, especially a young player, to land in an organization that seems to produce amazing second chances. Like you're in a spot that is known for getting the best out of a player that previously you had question marks about. If I'm Max Comtois and I'm going into this camp, I'm doing everything I can to make this team. And, you know, when you're on a PTO, you're hoping that anybody will sign you, right? You're you're hoping that any team across the league will see you, get enough video on you, and all of a sudden you're you're in a spot. But if I'm Max Comtois, I want to be on this Vegas Golden Knights team, not just because they're a good hockey team, not just because they're defending Stanley Cup champions, not just because we expect them to be right in the mix again this season. You want to be on this team because this team knows how to bring a player and get the most out of their skill set. They just do. They've done it time and time again. Why not him? Well, the thing is, if if they get the guy that I think a lot of people anticipated he would be mm-hmm. in the NHL, what an absolute coup yeah. for this organization. Because you're you're gonna add a guy who I would I would argue offensively gifted has more than Riley Smith. Offensively. I mean, high-end skill, probably. Yes, yes. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of intangibles that Riley Smith provided that you're not going to get from Comtois. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to make the argument he's a better player. But high production offensive skill, if he can make this team and they get that, because that's the only way he's making this team, is if he's the guy who, as you mentioned, 33 points in a 55-game season. Mm-hmm. If he's that guy... What a, what a steal for this organization, for him to be able to slide in to that spot that's vacated by Riley Smith mm-hmm. and play alongside William Carlson and, and, and I would imagine Mike Lamadio. But it only would make this team better offensively. Yeah, I, I agree, 100%. And we're talking about a team that averaged five and a half goals in the Stanley Cup final. Nine goals in the final game. Exactly. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll touch on Mike Babcock, the Columbus Blue Jackets, and Paul Bissonette as well as get to a phenomenal quote from Jack Eichel. All that coming up next on the VGK Insider Show. Interact with the guys on X. Follow them at Darren Millard and at Ryan the Hockey Guy. This is the VGK Insider Show. That's going to take some getting used to. I think yesterday I called it Twitter like three times. It, it will always be Twitter to me. But. Well, it will be, but yeah, do give us a follow on X at Ryan Hockey Guy, at Magnum702, at... Darren Millard, uh, that'll be next week when Mallard joins the program. One week from today? One week from today, yeah. And I guess we should probably note, we will not be on the air on Monday. 
for multiple reasons. Well, only well, one reason. I, I've got jury duty, but that's not why we're not. <laughs> we're not. We're, that's not why we're missing a show. <laughs> It'll be the final game for the Vegas Golden Knights and the rookie faceoff. So uh, that'll be on Monday. There will be no VGK Insider Show, but we will be back with you on Tuesday, and it'll be the full complement. It'll be Mallard. It'll be me. It'll be Chapman. Unless, everybody, full house. Unless, of course, I get stuck on a trial, and then stop. You're not going to get stuck I on a trial. Not. Uh-huh. Wait, how, how many times in your life have you had jury duty? So listen to this. So the okay. last time I had jury duty, yeah. I guess it was probably, I don't know, 10 years ago. Okay. I got called in. Mm-hmm. I got a questionnaire that was like 20 pages, 100 questions or something. Mm-hmm. The trial that I had been selected for and later disqualified mm-hmm. was for, do you remember the doctor that was, I don't know how long you've been here, but the doctor that was reusing syringes. He was a gastroenterology doctor. It's not ringing a bell. I mean, I've been here for a while, so, but it's not ringing a bell to me. I, I had a procedure done by him. Really? Well, he was reusing syringes. That's a bummer. And it was his trial. Yeah. Like, a bunch of people got hepatitis and, and, and stuff. Like, I had to go get tested for HIV and all that because he was reusing syringes. That was, the, that was what I got called for. And I, I tried to tell them, first question, I'm like, look, I was a patient. I, should, I shouldn't have to be here. Nope, filled out. All right, well, here you go. Oh, guess what? You can't be on the jury. Well, I tried to tell you that, mm-hmm. but fortunately, that was that. That I was done. Then I got called for a witness once as a witness to a uh, drunk driving accident. Okay. But that's not the same as jury duty. Not at all. No, that was easy. So, again, the question I have for you, how, how many days have you actually served on a jury? None. In your life. Zero. Zero. Yeah. So wh- why do you think that this is going to be different? I don't. I don't think it's going to yeah. be different. No, you're going to be But fine. listen, listen. I'm a New York Jets fan, and after what happened last night, uh-huh. the worst thing possible that can happen will happen to me next Monday when I go in for jury duty. You won the game. But I lost the quarterback. You still, you still won the game. They're not going to win the Super Bowl with Zach Wilson as Let's Let's be honest, Chapman. They probably weren't going to win the Super no, Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. No, but at least the season would have been a little more optimistic have you seen like the the replays oh it's it's nasty it's pretty rough yeah and you know what it's it's sad but my first thought was max Pacioretty. okay because he not only did it once but mm-hmm. he came back played five games yeah. and then did it like re redid the achilles after five games mm-hmm. by the way i don't even think we've mentioned the fact that he's with the washington capitals and i kind of forgot about it to be and, honest and with apparently you. from what i was reading because mm-hmm. I, I i was reading about his contract and he has to play 20 games to get his his full salary, which is $4 million. Hmm. All right. One quarter of the season. Okay. But the Capitals, I think he will. They're, they're up against – they, they, they have some cap problems. They had to find someone that they could fill in relatively <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. They don't have cap problems. They just they have, have problems. They have <laughs> Alexander Ovechkin wants to break the record yeah. problems. That's, that's what it is. That's all it is. But you know what? For for the Capitals, look, you got your cup with, with that core group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, when Ovechkin does break the record – it's going to be a pretty awesome day because he will have done it all in that uniform. Sure. You, you know what's funny? Uh, one of the shows you missed last week, I flat out said that if you're a Capitals fan that believes that this team's competing for a Stanley Cup, you're delusional. Because they're not. They're competing for one thing and one thing only. The number one overall pick. No. They're com- they're, the, 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 the Washington Capitals are competing for one reason. What is it, Chris Chapman? Well, it's so Ovechkin can break the record. Yes, that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's all it is. Get your Stanley Cup. And now everything, all systems go, everything on board. How many goals can Alex Ovechkin score? Yeah, that's that's all that matters. Is okay. 
This is a direction I wasn't anticipating going. <laughs> we kind of went down the rabbit but hole. I also don't really want to talk that much about the Mike Bab- Babcock thing. We'll, we'll get to it, I promise. But um, the more I sit with the story, the less I want to talk about it, to be completely honest with you. Now, that being said, what do you think will mean more to the Washington Capitals when Ovechkin hangs them up, when all is said and done? Will it be the Stanley Cup or will it be Alex Ovechkin, the greatest goal scorer in National Hockey League history? Which I, one means more? I think it's the greatest goal scorer in NHL history. I, I I don't think you're crazy. You know why? I think I think you're right on the money. You know why? Because at the end of the day, unless you're a Capitals fan, you're probably going to forget what year or a Golden Knights fan. You're probably going to forget. Well, you're if you're a Golden Knights fan, you already forgotten about. Yeah, you don't it. even yeah. care. No, doesn't so, even doesn't even like, register like anymore. If, if you are a LA Kings fan mm-hmm. or a Seattle Kraken fan or a New Jersey Devils fan, yeah, you don't care anymore that the Washington Capitals won the Stanley Cup in 2018. Mm-hmm. Like, like it literally has zero significance on your life at this point. But when you look at the the all time record. You're going to see Alexander Ovechkin's name mm-hmm. as the all-time leading goal scorer in NHL history. And that's a record that's probably going to stand for a long time. Well, Maybe not. Okay. I, I, I Until Connor McDavid decides to break it, maybe. Do you think McDavid can no, actually do I, that? No, I don't know. Like Because the problem is I don't know how many goals Ovechkin's going to score. Like, is it inconceivable that he scores 1,000 goals? Okay. He needs 895, right? Gretzky's got 894. He needs 895. Ovechkin right now is sitting at 822 going into the season. So you're roughly looking at a season and a half. You think he does it in two you think he does it in two years? Yes. I think by the end of next season, Alexander Ovechkin will be the all-time barring injury, of course, will be the <sighs> all-time leading goal scorer. It's been pretty durable his yeah, entire career. Yeah. And and you know what? It's 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 all that vodka. But okay, okay. Because I, I, I mean, you're you're right. He he's been healthy almost his entire career. Mm-hmm. No reason to think. I mean, the guy is still in great shape. He's built like a horse. So, like, I, 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 I don't think. I, I think by the end of next season, that record's broken. Maybe midway through next season. How many goals did he score last year? Forty-two. Forty-two. Yeah. So he's seventy something goals away. I'm gonna do the math for you. Okay. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do it right now. Give me a second. Okay. I'll fill time. 73 goals. 73 goals. Yeah. So he's got 73 goals. If he is on pace with what he did last year, then, yeah, by the end of next season, not this coming season, but the following season, yeah. Alex Ovechkin will be the all-time goal-scoring leader in the National Hockey League. And I don't think it's inconceivable that he scores more than 42 goals next year. They don't have a lot of options. Let me see something. Keep talking. Like Tom Wilson, that's that's your your other option. Scoring the goals? And well, Wilson, I mean, Ovechkin's going to score a ton of goals on the power play. That's just what he does. Yeah. So so the thing is, I I, I mean, the Capitals are going to score goals. I just don't know who they're going to come from other than Ovechkin or Tom Wilson. Well, they're going to come from Alexander Ovechkin. Yeah. So yeah. so the idea of him scoring more than 42 goals next year <laughs> is not inc- – like, like, I would not be shocked if he was close to 50. Okay. So Ovechkin's under contract for three more seasons. Okay, so this coming season, the following season, and then the season after that. So we expect, assuming he doesn't slow down completely, like even if he if he kind of falls back to a 35-goal pace over the next two years, then that puts him right at about 894, 895 
by the end of not this coming season, but the following season. Then he would have one more year. At that point, like if you're Ovechkin and you've scored 900 goals, you're not scoring 100 goals in a season. No, no. I don't know that a thousand's there. I just don't. It, it Un- seems really, really lofty. Unless he goes like just bananas this year. Unless he puts up 50 goals this year. Yeah. Which Then, he, then he's at 875. Yeah. R- right around. Then you sit there and you start talking yourself into, okay, do I want to add a little bit more to the end of this next contract? I, I don't know. I, I mean, listen, here's the thing. For Ovechkin, I think the only number that matters is 895. Yeah. From that point forward, like, if you get to 900, that's a nice round number. You can stop there. I expect he'll play out the contract. I really do. But it's it's funny to me how an individual accolade is going to end up carrying more weight. And I would agree, even in terms of Washington Capital fans. Like, you get to claim the greatest goal scorer to ever play the game. And don't come at me with the Wayne Gretzky stuff. Just don't. I I don't want to hear it. If you've got Ovechkin in this day and age with these goaltenders and these defensive systems and all these analytics on how to stop power plays and how to stop everybody and And how to take scoring. And you still can't do it. And you cannot stop the guy. Literally the only thing that's going to stop Alex Ovechkin from scoring goals is him him retiring. That's it. That's it. So, like, to a degree, for a fan base that hasn't had a lot to cheer about over the course of their real, like, their entire tenure. Yeah, pretty much, what, 50-something years? To go down with a Stanley Cup is nice, but to go down with the greatest goal scorer ever, I think, means a little bit more. It does, because that guy also delivered you a Stanley Cup, if you're you're a Capitals fan. So, so, like... He was good, yeah. but, But for them, it's like... Not only do you get the Stanley Cup out of the deal, because mm-hmm. look, I mean, there there have been some bad Capitals teams over the years, and they're regressing to that now. Mm-hmm. But to get that cup and on top of that, have the all-time leading goal scorer in league history, it, it, it's it's a win all the way. Like like you're willing, you are willing to suffer as a fan for the next fifteen years if you have to, because when he retires surpassing a guy that's called the great one mm-hmm. in goals. Mm-hmm. You, you can't beat that. Like you, you just cannot beat that Ryan. Like, and, and I think if he wants to score a thousand goals, yeah, I think he does it. I, he's not going to score a thousand goals. If he, if he decides that he wants to get a thousand, first of all, the capitals will bring him back if he wants to. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. He's under contract for three more years. He'll be 40 at the end of the contract. What's his pace over the next three what, years? What if he scores? What's his What's his average per year goal total? What if he scores forty five goals average the next three? Seasons? He's not going to score forty five goals a year. Why? Why can't thirty eight, thirty nine, and forty forty two last year? He's got to slow down. Listen, I just said you can't stop Does him. He? Does he have to slow down? Leo <sighs> Messi hasn't slowed down. Yeah. Okay. Fine. But like two more. I mean, I I don't see it with the players around him. Yeah, it's that's that's a tough one. Like you need somebody to give him the puck on the power play. Yeah. That's tough. Like the longest tenured player right now in terms of the future is Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson is under contract for the Washington Capitals for eight more seasons. Yeah, they signed him to a He's big 29 deal. years old. Big deal. <laughs> they signed him to a big deal. I mean, listen, they've got their captain 
their next captain locked up long term. But yeah. I don't know how impactful a 37 year old Tom Wilson's going to be at the uh, at the tail end of that contract. All I'm saying is this. I think Ovechkin's going to score the amount of goals that he wants to score. I think you're going to get to a point, though, where if he is able to break the record, not this season, but next season, if he's able to get there, how much motivation do you really have to push for a 1,000? Probably not a lot. Not a ton. Yeah. At least not to, like, add more years to your contract. I think at that point, Ovechkin's just like, huh. I, you know, no I, one, no one else is. I'm, I'm one of one. I'm one guy in this league that scored 900 goals. That's good enough for me. I think if he doesn't slow down, when that third year comes up, 45 goals a year. You're ridiculous. I'm down, like, like, why would we doubt him? I don't I, know. Like, I, I gotta start sometime. Like, I, I mean, you can't doubt the guy. I mean, he scored what 50 goals two years ago. Okay, hold on, hold on. Thir- age 33 year. 50, 51 goals, 48 goals, 24 and 45 games. So, you know, again, 40-ish goal pace. 50 and 42. Okay, so he's essentially been about a, a 45-goal scorer the last four years. So that's 90 goals over the next two years. Yeah. I still don't think he gets to 1,000. And he's got a third year. I, I've already told you that my, like, dream scenario with Ovechkin is this. I don't care what game it is. I don't care who it's against. I don't care. Alex Ovechkin scores 895, skates right off the ice, retires that moment. <laughs> He's done. Just done. Like, I've done it. I did it. No one else is going to do it. Go do more Eastern Motors commercials. 100%. I'm done. That would be the ultimate to me in terms of Ovechkin just kind of sticking it to hockey. Like, yeah, I did it. I'm done. Now I'm done. You guys figure out my contract for next yeah. year. I don't care. Buy me it out. Doesn't, it yeah. doesn't matter to me. Just, yeah, I'm, go- I'm good. All right. <laughs> We're going to take a break. I promise at some point today we're going to get to Mike Babcock, the Columbus Blue Jackets, and Paul Bissonette, the war of words, I guess, is what you would kind of classify this as. There's there's information out there, but the more information you get, the more you think that uh, maybe Paul Bissonette jumped jumped the, the shark on this one. We'll get to that. We'll get to Jack Eichel, uh, a pretty telling quote that he, uh, that he gave to Pierre Lebrun of The Athletic, as well as who's closer – to a championship. All that coming up next on the VGK Insider Show. We're back to the Finley Chevrolet Studio and the VGK Insider Show with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Fun first hour of the VGK Insider Show rolling along here on a Tuesday. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman. I'm going to get to this quote from Jack Eichel. I love it. I love it. Story came out earlier today on uh, The Athletic. Just kind of about Jack, right? Like what he was able to accomplish in the in the postseason and how it feels to be a Stanley Cup champion when so many people doubted that that would be a thing that actually happened. And Jack gives this quote to the Athletics' Pierre Lebron. If you haven't read the piece, go make sure you do it. it it's phenomenal. Uh, this is Jack, quote, if I were going to sit here and tell you it didn't feel good to shut a lot of people up or prove them wrong, I'd be lying. Jack Eichel. Put it on a shirt. I like it. Put it on a shirt. Yeah, yeah. And and listen, I know that you know there are going to be some people that see that quote, right? And they're just like, let's let's be honest. Not 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 people here. Hold on, hold on. Couldn't take the high road, really. 
Like he he won the Stanley Cup. Like he can't that dot ah, that that's that Jack Eichel we were telling you about. I, I, I wish people could see the finger wave. I I know. I don't care. No. I don't care. Cry about it. Seriously, I want you to cry about it because you know what? When you are constantly telling a guy he's this, when he's never been given a legitimate chance to be anything but what you pigeonholed him into being, and then he goes out, gets that chance, lights the world on fire, and is the best player in the postseason, talk all you want, Jack. Go off, my friend. Enjoy this moment of shutting everybody up that told you you weren't going to be able to do it. I love it. It's beautiful. And no, I don't look at Jack Eichel any differently now that he's done it. Because you know what? Sometimes when people tell you what you are and you know you're not and then you prove them wrong, it's okay to put their nose in it. I, I don't think I could say anything better than that. I mean, like, that's... You, you summed it up perfectly. Like, he's earned mm-hmm. the right yeah. to stick it in people's faces yeah. who doubted him. Yeah. And and you know what? I don't blame him one bit for doing it because I would do exactly the same thing if I was in his position. I don't need to take the high road. I don't care what you think about me. I'm a champion. I was better than your than your darling Connor McDavid in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I won a Stanley Cup before your darling Connor McDavid. And you know what? I'm going to rub it in all your faces because you gave me crap for a long, long time, and I shut you all up. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. Deal with it. Yep. Tough, tough something. Marbles? Sure. Marbles okay. works, yeah. Jack Eichel going off. Phenomenal stuff. I love it. And again, it might not be your cup of tea. And like, I recognize that. Oh, it's that. mine. I, it's I get my it. cup of tea. But it's mine. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm all for it. Listen. Anytime someone tells you that you can't do something, anytime somebody tries to tell you who you are or what you represent, and let's let's not forget some of the things that came out of Buffalo specifically when it came to Jack Eichel were absolutely ridiculous. Below the belt, over the line, well, uncalled for. Well, I don't know if you've been following the news, but their ownership not exactly uh, being shed in a, in, a, in a very good light today. But the fact of the matter is... He had a he got a chance and yeah. he proved the world wrong. Yeah. Go off. Keep he, doing it. He he was the best player in the playoffs. Shout it from the rooftops. Jack Eichel. Good on you. Well done. Hour number two coming up next.